0: Welcome to ARA Audio Room, the official podcast of the Australian Rheumatology Association, fostering excellence in the diagnosis and management of musculoskeletal and inflammatory conditions through training, professional development, research, and advocacy.
1: Hello, and welcome. I'm Professor Catherine Hill, consultant rheumatologist and former president of the Australian Rheumatology Association. This podcast has been developed with funding from the Australian Government Department of Health through the Value in Prescribing BDMARDS grant. Before we start I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians of the lands on which we are recording today and pay my respects to elders both past, present and future. In today's podcast, we want to highlight a range of useful resources that have been designed and developed for ARA members as part of the Value in Prescribing MUDS program. This program is made up of a consortium of nine organisations, including the ARA, NPS MedicineWise, as well as other consumer pharmacist, and research organisations such as Arthritis Australia, Anne's Musk and UniSA. I'm delighted to be able to introduce our guest for this podcast, Dr Rani Sinathrayu who is a consultant rheumatologist at the Royal North Shore Hospital, clinical lecturer at the University of Sydney, and is also the clinical rheumatologist and medical advisor at NPS MedicineWise as part of the Value in Prescribing BDMARDS program. Rani, as part of this program, you've been part of it from the beginning, including the design phase. There's been so many different rheumatology resources developed as part of this program. So how did the consortium decide what resources
0: should be developed and what we should cover? Perhaps you could tell us a bit about that. Sure. The design process involved a lot of consultation uh, with all the different stakeholder groups, uh, including rheumatologists, of course, and patients, uh, as well as patient groups like Arthritis Australia and um, different pharmacy organisations which are involved. Um, So this involved interviews, say, with rheumatologists, as well as focus groups where we sought to identify where the gaps were, what people thought were really important messages or resources that um that would be useful um, and from there we um yeah worked out uh, the key objectives for the program uh, which is looking at optimizing first line uh, conventional DMARD therapy uh and also looking at um choice of biological or targeted synthetic therapy uh Biosimilars were an issue that was brought up particularly by the patients. They didn't know much about it um, and was an issue of confusion for some pharmacists as well. Uh, and then looking at other um, issues like glucocorticoid and opioid use in inflammatory arthritis. Um, so we worked together with the different groups to try and prioritise uh, what sort of resources would be useful as well as the key messages that we wanted to uh, promote.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's been a really collaborative process between the organisations, hasn't it? And I think I've certainly found it really useful to hear from other um, specialist groups like the gastroenterologists and the dermatologists about how they use um,
0: the biological DMARDs. Yeah, absolutely. Even though we use a lot of the same medications, I think sometimes the approach to them has been quite different between the different specialties. And so that's been a really uh, interesting and useful part of the process. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. So um, there is a wide range of uh, resources available. So perhaps we could um, touch on some of the ones that, you know, you personally found useful and you'd like to highlight
0: to the rheumatologists. Sure. I think that, uh, I mean, one of the resources which has been particularly useful has been the living guidelines. Uh, Obviously, it covers a range of different topics, Um, And it's just been really helpful to have these up-to-date guidelines, um, which are evidence-based and they set out, you know, the evidence and the rationale behind the decision, um, which then links in with some of the other resources uh, which have been developed to help us to actually apply those guidelines uh, in clinical practice. Uh, So, uh, for example, something like the the condition recommendation against uh, the use of opioids uh, for inflammatory arthritis, and then being able to, uh, you know, correlate that with some of the results in the PBS practice reviews, which I think have uh, shocked a lot of people about how much opioid is being prescribed for our patients with inflammatory arthritis. Um, and then there's resources available via the web, uh, the MPS Medicine Wise website about use of opioids for chronic pain and other management strategies. Um, so I think it's been really great to be able to integrate the different resources together to try and improve the care that we give to our patients.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the PBS practice reviews, which were released in October 2020 and again just last month, have been um, really good talking points for us all about um, what our practice actually looks like and how it compares on a national
0: and state basis, hasn't it? It has been. I think you know sometimes the results can be quite surprising. Um, I think that most people, uh, I guess, particularly with regards to opioids, think, oh, you know, we don't like using them. We all know that, but it's shocking actually how many of our patients are taking them. Um, And perhaps we're not always aware of it and need to take more of a role in trying to reduce that use wherever we can. Yep.
1: Yeah. And I think it's useful for us to be writing back to GPs to remind them that Really, opioids are not the the best analgesia in patients with inflammatory arthritis. Um, Not all rheumatologists will have received a practice review. If you're a very low prescriber of biologic DMARDs for rheumatoid arthritis um, or if you're a fairly new rheumatologist and obviously if you're an advanced trainee, you wouldn't have received the practice review but the NPS aggregated uh, report available to all ARA members. And this will give you an overview of the BDMARD prescribing for rheumatoid arthritis on a national and state basis. So look out for that. We've also released some webinars and a lot of uh, rheumatologists have uh, been been watching those. Um, Which ones did you find um, useful, Rani? Uh,
0: So i particularly found the opioids and inflammatory arthritis uh, webinar to be useful um, I guess because of the issues that we've already discussed Um, but also um, you know the first uh, webinar that looked at the uh, living guidelines so outlining the process um, by which those guidelines were developed I think was a really great introduction to what that resource is um Because a lot of people um I think when they first came out had questions about how the guidelines were developed and who was involved um so I think that was a, a really useful overview of that resource mm-hmm.
1: and by the time this
0: um podcast is released um the the great debate
1: webinar will be have been um done, and that 's around initial choice of DMARDS and whether to triple therapy or not for um, early rheumatoid arthritis. So we'll all be looking forward to to um, watching that webinar. Absolutely. I think that'll be a really great discussion. Um, so there's also been three podcasts released as part of the program. Um, they've been uh, listened to and they're available uh, on any of the podcast um, platforms. Uh, one of them was around demystifying biologics and biosimals in the PBS and that was really interesting podcast which had Andrew Wilson who's chair of the PBAC, uh, Deb Rowett um, who's an uh, academic pharmacist and also Paul Kubler who's a rheumatologist from Queensland. A really um, quick way to get up to date about um, how Um, drugs uh, released in Australia Um, and we also had uh, I did a podcast uh, with Dr Leanna Frankel um, and she was headed up the ACR guidelines and that was on on the contemporary use of methotrexate and glucocorticoids in RA um, and another podcast around down titration with living guidelines so all of those are available and really worth a listen.
0: One of the Resources, which is quite unique to this program, I think, is the uh, the clinical updates um, which are being offered to um, clinicians. Do you want to talk a bit about that, Catherine? Yeah. So the clinical updates are are
1: a visiting program from a pharmacist from University of South Australia, and the these clinical updates have been used widely with general practitioners, but not so widely with specialists. Um, but what? They do is it's a 20 to 30 minute uh, information session, um, which is delivered either online or face-to-face and covers a range of information related to the use of biological and targeted synthetic DMARDs for clinicians and consumers. Um, You can claim CBD points for the time spent on the update. If you want to organise one of these um, updates, uh, you can uh, Organise an appointment uh, through the uh, a link through the ARA website or go directly to the NPS website and there'll be um, a link in the in the podcast notes. I think these will be really uh, valuable for, for many rheumatologists, but also advanced trainees will can also uh, ask, for, ask for one of these as well. Perhaps we'll turn to some of the consumer um, resources um, that are available. Rani, which ones have you been using in your practice with your patients?
0: I've been using a couple of different resources. One is the uh, Methotrexate Patient Action Plan. Uh, So it's been part of my practice to use the ARA medication information sheet for quite some time now. But the action plan sets out, some of the information in a really accessible way with sort of a Mythbusters section and also a really practical area to actually write down the dosing and the day that they should take the methotrexate dose. So I found it's a really good way to um, just introduce the medication to patients as it can be quite scary for a lot of people who've maybe heard a little bit about methotrexate, but um, have perhaps heard things that scare them about it. Um, And there's also a FLAIRS patient action plan, which has been really useful to help patients to have a plan to self-manage their condition and to feel more confident doing that.
1: And uh, Arthritis Australia's developed some really interesting patient journey fact sheets. Have you used those with your patients as well?
0: Yeah, I have. This um, these resources actually stem directly from what some of the patients asked for during the early design phase of the program. They said that when they had first been diagnosed, they would have really liked a, a resource to help them have some idea of what might be coming ahead, what re- um, you know, what treatments might be available, what their path might look like. Um, and so we, um, you know, we wrote these uh, roadmaps or journey fact sheets for um, patients, and I found it quite useful. Uh, to give to patients, particularly who are early in disease, who have a lot of questions. As we know, there's a lot of information online and not all of it is reliable. So they're usually very grateful to have something that they can uh, take home with them or that they can look up online to give them some idea of what um, might be in their future.
1: Are they just for rheumatoid arthritis, Rani?
0: No, they're uh, for rheumatoid arthritis. There's one for psoriatic arthritis and also for um, ankylosing spondylitis.
1: There were some consumer videos also produced by Arthritis Australia.
0: Yeah, that's right. Um, so some videos with um, people who are living with arthritis talking about their experiences. Uh, and I think that's it, they're really relatable for patients um, who just want to see what other, what other people living with their condition uh, have been through. Um, and uh, I think they're really great resources for patients. Arthritis Australia has also translated some of these resources Uh, That's right. Yeah, they've been translated into a few different languages, including uh, Arabic, simplified Chinese and Vietnamese. Uh, And so that's really helpful as, you know, a lot of us are working with uh, patients who are from diverse backgrounds. And sometimes it's really difficult to get good information, uh, which is in their native language. So hopefully this will be helpful for some of our patients.
1: Yeah, certainly it's going to be that those ones have been helpful in my practice. So there's been quite a few other resources for other groups within the consortium, such as pharmacists, and KTAG is also produced four different positions, guiding principles. But I think their low-dose methotrexate handling policy and checklist is a really useful document for rheumatologists.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think um, particularly for us in hospital, but also um, you know, with patients who are accessing methotrexate from community pharmacists there can be a lot of conflicting information which is given to them about uh, you know taking cytotoxic precautions and what to how to handle their methotrexate and you know this handling policy that KTAG's developed for low-dose methotrexate uh, really clarifies some of those issues and I think can be a helpful resource for uh for rheumatologists as well in giving guidance to um you know uh, their pharmacy departments or um, other groups that might be you know also interacting with patients and giving them information about how to take their methotrexate
1: yeah i think if if you're if you're a rheumatologist who's you know visiting perhaps a private hospital and finding that they're handling the methotrexate wrongly, I think this is a useful document to to give to the um, hospital administrators as well. So I think we've really rounded up some of the really valuable resources that have been produced as part of this program. But I guess rheumatologists want to uh, know how to access um, these these resources. So all of the resources are available on the NPS website at nps.org.au forward slash bdmars. And also these, many of these resources are also available on the rheumatology website. And that's under the Health Professionals uh, tab and then go down to um, VIP Prescribe um, Program Grant. Um, And if the resources aren't there, there's links to um, through to NPS as well. So, Rani, if you had to choose just
0: a couple of resources that you wished all rheumatologists uh, used, what would they be? It's tricky to just choose two, but I think... for me, the ones that I've used the most so far would be the living guidelines. Uh, it covers such a broad range of different topics. Uh, and also I found that it, it links back to the other resources when I'm trying to actually translate those guidelines into my clinical practice. I found the other resources to be helpful um, in actually doing that. Um, and the other uh, set of resources, particularly other consumer resources, I think they've just really been written and designed um, you know, with patients in mind and with patient direct involvement. So I've found them really useful uh, for my patients. What about you, Catherine? Which resources would you choose?
1: Well, I would actually absolutely go with the ones you've recommended. I think those are the ones I've used the most. But actually, I haven't had my clinical update yet. So I'm going to book one of those in and hopefully I'll get a lot out of that. We've had excellent feedback from the clinical update so far. I'm looking forward to that. I've also found the practice reviews very enlightening. In my own practice, I was a bit above average in the opioid use from my patients. And so I've made a big effort to ask patients about their opioid use and made some effort to discuss with them. The reasons why opioids are not the best analgesic for their disease. All right, thanks Rani so much for your time. Um, I hope this has been um, helpful for listeners to navigate the, the many brilliant resources that have been developed as part of this program. The websites will be in the podcast notes and you can always contact the ARA if you want some further information. Thank you for listening and bye for now.
0: This podcast is funded by the Australian Government Department of Health through the Value in Prescribing BDMARDS program grant. Developed with the guidance of members of the Targeted Therapies Alliance, for further information, please go to www.nps.org.au slash BDMARDS or www.rheumatology.org.au